This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This next guest on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is someone I've had the absolute pleasure to partner on a professional level in his role as a CPO for Motorpoint. Uh, Ryan Chain is a lifelong HR practitioner. He moved into a people director role for the uh, phenomenal Pets at Home before moving to Rent-A-Car and then Booking.com, joining Motorpoint uh, earlier on in 2022. We talk in this discussion today about how we as recruiters, whether that's internal or external, can really elevate our service and perception to the decision makers, to the end user clients, to the stakeholders, as it's really important to understand what we do well and we can do more of, but also maybe what we don't do so well. So during this episode, Ryan shares with us his own experiences of recruiters who've done things brilliantly and what they, what those things are, some, some fantastic advice in there, but also what you should be avoiding and things that decision makers really don't like, how to build formidable recruitment teams, and what we can all learn from each other and the wonderful ending of the podcast which is an absolute you definitely need to stay around for is we talk about culture we talk about initiatives we talk about how to make sure we're looking after uh, the people that work for us so i really hope you enjoy this episode brian is brilliant fun he really is and i hope you get some fantastic insights from this industry legend thank you so much for listening and let's jump into the episode this is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and this is going to be a lot of fun in this episode. Joining me today is somebody that I've got to know professionally this year and I have to say it's, it's going to be fun. You're in for a good ride guys. This is Ryan Chain. Welcome to you today Ryan. How are you? I'm very well thank you. I'm a bit I'm feeling the pressure now about the fun bit. We'll, uh, oh, we do. We'll see what we, can do. <laughs> we do. We do. We were introduced in 2022 by the formidable Daniel Cornwell, who I've known for over 20 years, and I think you've known professionally for a long time. So oh, we will yeah. definitely be tagging him. He's actually, if you want to go back into the archive on the podcast, Dan was on our show. I think it was back end of 2021 where he was talking about um, how he made his business stand out in the hospitality downturn during COVID, etc. But we've both known Dan very, very long time. So big shout out to him so for those who are not yet familiar with you because you, you you know they'll be clicking on you on LinkedIn Ryan tell yeah, us a little right. bit about who you are and what you do so my name's Ryan Chain as you said um I've got this had this very long and fortunate career in HR and I know you'll find it hard to believe but it's over 27 years I mean I know I can't I, believe it I, I don't look old enough do I but um unfortunately I am and um most notably most of that re- career's been in uh, retail in HR. Um, So started off uh, as a youngster, as an area people officer in Argos many moons ago. But I guess most notably, um, I spent 10 years as people director at Pets at Home during a um, fantastic period of of growth and the, the brand really becoming what it is today, which is like 
phenomenal and it's it's great to look back and see that journey um so i did 10 years there and then seven years at a business called rentalcars.com um guess what we did we rented cars <laughs> online um and we still do or they still do um and as part of that business we then merged with booking.com um and essentially if you go on booking.com now anything that isn't a hotel so mm. car hire, taxi, attractions, flights. That's basically the team that I used to work with um, right. in Manchester. Right. Uh, and then most recently, I've been at um, uh, Motorpoint um, PLC. <laughs> he's, not, he's not holding up a car, if you're listening. He's holding up a, a mug with Motorpoint on it. And do you know what? If you're not yet familiar with Motorpoint, it will now become your, in your subliminal vision. And as you're driving around, you will see a sign for Motorpoint. Because that's what's mm. happened since I've been working with you. I'm expecting a sales boost after this yeah, is uh, broadcast. Um, so I'm interim chief people officer covering an uh, amazing lady called Kat Mosley while she's on maternity leave. And um, we're we're in the throes of a digital transformation, as is, isn't everybody. Um, mm -hmm. We've been well established for 25 years selling nearly new cars. Um, and we're just seeing how we can do that better to support our customers um, online. So it's been a great um great nine months so far and uh, and we'll see we'll see what happens uh, but so i've never been a recruiter per mm. se no um but clearly um from my pets at home time onwards i have mm. been responsible for yep. recruitment as part of my hr team and back in the day at pets at home we um we set up we had no recruitment function and we set it up from scratch and um Olivia Hughes, um, it was her, and uh, she's now formed a career in recruitment many years later Fantastic. in her own right. Um, and then at Booking, rentalcars.com and Booking, um, I actually had two recruitment teams. Um, right. So it's always been a big part Love of what I've been responsible for delivering, but I've never actually been a recruiter myself, although some of my best friends are recruiters. You probably look older than you do if you had been a recruiter for 27 years, because I'm 24 years in, honey, and I have to have <laughs> yeah. a... Uh, you know, I have to have like really poor lighting so you can't actually see the bags. Thank you for that. And actually, I really hope that as you're listening to this, you'll understand the context because we're going to talk today about what we can do as a recruitment industry to ensure we're making the experience for our end user clients, i.e. Motorpoint, Pets at Home, Booking.com, whoever your customer is, what we can do better. It's all about creating best practice. That's one of the main reasons I do what I do. So I love that you've contextualized it perfectly. It's almost like it was scripted, but it wasn't. So in your experience over the last sort of 15 years, 20 years, since you've sort of been responsible for those in-house recruitment functions, what to you does good recruitment practice look like? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you 
you as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. So, so thinking about this, obviously, for this afternoon's um, uh, podcast, and um, I keep going back, there's a, there's a real danger that I'll just keep going around in circles here, but ultimately, okay. for me, it's all about relationships, right? It's a mm-hmm. people function. Yep. Now, I know internally, it sits within HR, but sometimes, I mean, we've, we've had a bit of this, uh, actually, it's interesting, where the recruitment team talk about HR, and it kind of, what are you talking about? You are, but it's, um, it's, it's, kind of from a different lens so um at the, it, we'll talk about relationships a lot but i think for me good practice um i guess three key things really which tied to relationships for me first is a clear understanding of um the job and the business and all all that so you can't recruit successfully in my mind unless you um understand who you who your end customer is which right no shit right it's <laughs> true it's true um, and um and then I, th- I do think that's why sometimes internal recruitment teams should should have an advantage because i always think if if the business that you're in can't sell that business better than somebody yeah. external there's something wrong totally but, agree but, uh, so so if it is external if it's um uh, an agency or a headhunter relationship understanding of the business um, great stakeholder management mm. um, and um, I think that internal credibility really comes with people keeping people informed doing mm. things partnership um, telling and the truth telling the truth to your stakeholder you know going back to your stakeholder and saying I haven't got anybody I haven't got the right person yeah setting expectations but you can do that if you've got the right relationship oh, it this goes back to that keeping that relationship <laughs> right let me just stop here it's all about relationships it's all about relationships right, that's, that's the quickest podcast uh, in history we're finished <laughs> we're not stay tuned <laughs> um and then uh, and i guess this might be a bit of a cheat because they are a stakeholder but the whole candidate experience um and again i think internally and, and whether it's internal or external this is absolutely key and i always I always, always remember going back many, many years um, around that whole thing about whoever it is you're dealing with, that person's a potential customer. Absolutely. And if they go through a rubbish experience with you, um, then that, that maybe they're not right for the job. That's fine. But they've been through a process. They have a touch point and they're <laughs> a customer for your business, your brand, whatever it is. And if you get that wrong, then you're shooting yourself in the foot twice. Um, you, you really are. I love and, that. 
Uh, and I, I think it's as simple as as that. I'm, I'm hoping there are simple words of wisdom, not... not they not are. Well, well, they are, but think about it. As you're listening to this now, you have been, whether it's been in a restaurant or you've been in a shop or you've been through a candidate experience where you have not been treated with respect or you've not been listened to, you don't go back. You don't shop there again. And you definitely don't recommend your friends you don't recommend your colleagues so what ryan is saying is absolutely right that the third stakeholder is probably the most important one which is your your candidate they're your customer we're we're all internal client candidate we're all customers yeah 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 so um so yeah they'd be my they'd be my three i think but i think the three can actually be underpinned by one word which is actually communication and you know you said relationship but what what makes a good relationship is communication and also expectations you know I mentioned it a little bit earlier on you know being honest as whether you are an internal recruiter actually this applies to all of you whether it's internal or external you have to be honest and open with with setting expectations because that's if you think about any relationship that works it's not you're not building hope you're not raising hope you're not underperforming on high expectations it's just being honest yeah, and, and you know what I think that's really difficult at times at the moment mm. um, and obviously in my role I see it from both angles okay um, because part of my job is to kind of fill bring amazing people into the business yeah. and part of my job is to make sure we've got fair and equitable compensation and benefits and all that sort of thing and yep. at the moment um in certain areas um i think um the upward pressure on pay and all that sort of mm. stuff that you have to have these difficult conversations pretty much on every hire i mean that's the way it's mm. kind of getting mm. so i mean it's a bit <clears throat> a bit obvious but in tech Tech's always been a hot market. There's always been short of candidates. It's always been um, a kind of, well, I say, I say always, probably not always, not in 1732, but more recently. Um, so, you know, it's a, an inflationary market and we're finding, you know, we're not a tech superstar. You know, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily yeah. top of the list of who tech people want to go to work for. We're not a Facebook or a Google or whatever. But we have to tell our story. But every time you then have a conversation, you have a conversation at the beginning about salary expectations and Mm. all that sort of stuff. You go through a process that might take a week or two. And by the end of that process, their expectations have gone up because they've had two other offers. um, And and it's the same, you know, less obviously perhaps for most of the audience, but, you know, in our industry, in the car industry, mechanics and technicians it's the same they're in short supply yep um they're probably at a different part of the kind of pay scale to high-end software engineers Mm. etc so it's a different part of the market but still it's very inflationary so as a recruiter you often have to have those those difficult uh, conversations we've agreed this salary Mm. we've agreed this salary actually it's going to be x more and you're having those conversations all of the time. All the time. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's like, yeah, it's fine, no problem. We'll stretch. And sometimes it's, well, we can't afford a Ferrari. We can only afford a BMW. Yeah, and the, and the BMW will will probably function for most people, but it's it's that expectation. I think that's really interesting, and and I think this will resonate with every single listener, no matter what their market. We are in an inflationary market, and it has been. I don't know whether the bubble will burst. I can't see that happening because most markets are still talent short. And I think there will be until you and I probably retire. Um, 
so if that can actually ever happen. Yeah, um, it'll be a lot before you retire, maybe. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really a really. I'm so glad I invited you on for so many reasons, but for this particular insight, I think it's really important for people to hear because what tends to happen is is this disingenuous kind of you know recruiters are just trying to get a bigger fee and would you know we're all commission led and actually no what a good recruiter should be doing is consulting and is knowledgeable about the market and understands that it is inflationary but equally what's the value of this person what is the benefit of this person coming into your business you know why would they want to come and work for example a motor point over a, a facebook or a google actually it's because you're going through this digital transformation it's part of change it's you know when you come out of that the other side in a couple of years this project will you know absolutely you know fire your, your career through the um, through the rafters whereas if you just go and become another developer in Facebook you're you know rubbing yeah. elbows over else. so it's how recruiters can position the opportunities and I think it's a really important point to make because they will probably be having this conversation on a daily basis and actually I hear a lot of testimony from my agency clients obviously most most of what I do is agency but I do have internal clients like you but most of the agency people that I'm speaking to they're really a lot of recruiters are struggling especially those in their early career to have the credibility to push back to, you know, on the phone to Ryan Chain at Motorpoint saying, I need to push back here. You're going to need to pay 35. And I know your budget's 32, but if you don't pay 35, you're not going to get them. And, and, and it's, really, it's, it's, it's really tricky, right? And I think mm -hmm. it's, that's where it comes back to that thing about stakeholder relationships and candidate relationships, yeah. because you've got to be Definitely. realistic to the candidate. Yep. But, you know, my biggest problem is not yeah i mean obviously we've all got budgets and times are tight and all that sort of stuff but actually the biggest problem you have is your internal pay structures mm -hmm. so this person might be worth 35 but you've got uh, their boss is on 36 and you start coming yeah, up against all yeah. those yeah. sorts of challenges yeah and but it's about conversation it's about communication it's about being yeah. honest and transparent and understanding from both it, it all it, it all intertwines doesn't it and it's it's good recruitment done well starts with your very first point which is about relationships and understanding if you're an internal recruiter you need to understand each internal stakeholder and manage that relationship differently if you need to but if it's agency recruiters listening then you need to get under the skin and you can't just take a job spec and not speak to anybody you can't just send a cv and not speak to anybody this is about being consultative so okay let's flip it what the pet hates what do internal stakeholders like you absolutely detest because i want us to from this have a checklist of what we should be doing better what, what's yeah. the pet hate so i mean obviously there's kind of an element of it which is the flip of the uh, but there's a couple of things and these are probably if i'm honest more about ex you know agencies and yeah yeah um, fair uh, enough um because obviously my internal recruitment teams are awesome if they're listening and uh nothing's no, I have nothing that I hate about them. Um, I think the business development thing is really tricky, right? So unsolicited CVs. Um, and I have, I'm, and this is probably me and my age, and I find in email marketing just more and more intrusive and persistent. And now I'm assuming people do it because it's a numbers game and at some point, it works mm -hmm. but for me personally i just hit delete straight i don't even i don't even reply which i feel for me instinctively i'd say i feel Guilty. terrible because yeah. <laughs> you're like, so lovely that's why 
when I, in my early career, I think I did reply to all these things, and then I realised I either just got sucked into a time wasting yeah. conversation, or, um, and I mean, I, I there's a, a company at the moment that emails me every week with like loads of CVs. We've got these people on the market. I just go, don't waste your time. You probably haven't got them anyway. Um, you know, it's probably just a hook. Um, and it just feels it feels very dated but it still happens Mm. and then I guess there are also these CRM set systems that kind of repeat so you get the first email right I'm not biting I'm not replying delete right a week later you get (laughs) sorry um, just wanted to make sure this was at the top of your Mm. list Um, uh, then you get the kind of can you let, I mean, this goes on for weeks. Hello? <laughs> mm. Press this I'm, button if you're not interested. Press, listen, I'm not replying. I'm not interested. Not interested. Actually, I'm getting a bit. You can... <laughs> no, do you know what? I am I I get it as well. And you you are absolutely right. I don't reply to any of them. I used to because you're polite and I'm polite, but you don't want to engage with somebody that, where it's not genuine. They're, they're not really trying to, well, for me, it's usually they're selling some kind of software. It's not, although occasionally do get the odd, I think bot reps are trying to send me recruiters as a recruitment company. And I'm like, do you actually look at what I do? But anyway, that's rec to rec to rec, I think. Um, but I, th- I, I hold that pet hay and I want to chuck it in room 101 because that would be, that would be a definite. It's so disappointing <laughs> to hear that that's, and it's, it, and this actually leads on to what I'm going to ask you next about, you know, what, what we can do to elevate our reputation externally as recruiters, as an industry ourselves. But for me, that is lazy, lazy recruitment and i understand about algorithms i know that if you're doing an e-shot and pressing to thirty thousand, if even 10 reply and you make 10 grand a pop out of those emails great but, but it it's doesn't, just not it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't create the love and no. um, and if recruitment is a relationship business which we said it is yeah then it's it's just um it's just really frustrating and i think part of it so i know um another kind of hate mm. is um I know that there's a lot of the recruitment process and stuff that's driven by numbers and time. And, um, you know, it's like, if I realize this is a cold lead, let me hang up because I need to get onto a hot lead and all that sort of stuff. Right. That, that is definitely a thing, right? This is, this may be from the eighties um, where, you know, everybody goes to recruitment school and learns the core KPIs <laughs> and lots of people, but, and I get that, right? Uh, and actually, one of my best team members at, at, at um, Rental Cars, he was brilliant at this. Mm. But the brilliantness about it was you don't make it feel like that. No. So I get it, right? And you you come to a a polite and a, a mutual yeah. a mutual end rather yeah. than a kind of like okay, you're no use to me, Ryan. So kaching like. I am exaggerating a bit, but you know what I mean. Totally. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. And uh, yes, recruitment is a business and a sector based on people hitting targets. So, you know, let's let's not pretend it's anything. We're not, we're not going to sugarcoat it. However, no. you are absolutely right. You do not need to be disingenuous about how you build those relationships. Because what if the following week you turn around and go, actually, we are going to be hiring. And you would have had a great call with that person and they were really pleasant with you. The first person you'd probably call is, is the person you've got a relationship with. So I just think you, you, you can still hit your targets. And by the way, any recruitment company that is managing their recruiters by the volume of calls, you need shooting. Let's measure outcomes, guys. 
that's yeah. much much yeah. better much more valuable kpi I'm, I'm all for kpis but the right ones outcomes and, and i do i do way. understand it right i mean part of the reason i'm in hr right is because i seem to be an ability to see things from both perspectives and i get it, it's tough right because if it's based on relationships building relationships yeah. from scratch yeah is is it's tricky tough. of course it is um and um you know i mean we talked about daniel for example i've known with him and worked with him for years but the reason that is is because i trust him and um yeah you know, pick up the phone and do a good brief and you'll get the outcome. Um, but he's in the kind of higher end, more in the exec space. But he, but he did, <laughs> he and I came from a similar ilk. We both came from, I was from a, it was called Prime Time. He was from Michael Page. You were trained the KPI way. And then he elevated himself through his career. He's obviously earned his stripes, as, as have I. And you can then become much more, um, you know, ninja about it. You know, I'm I'm very very low ratios. You know, I'll I'll literally get one one candidate out for one job and they'll get the job. You know, I'm I'm not I don't need to, you know, cast the net too wide really because I've already done all the graft. But I've been doing it 24 years, so I think I don't want to alienate our audience who a lot of whom are in their early early careers. And what Ryan is saying here is not to alienate or or what I'm saying to alienate you, but actually. Just take it on board, make the call count, even if the, the, the person at the end of the phone is saying, we're not hiring right now. I say, right, well, that's really interesting. What projects have you got coming up? You know, what what can I, what headache can I help you with in the future? Is there any insights I can give you? They will remember that. And actually, when I worked through the recession of 2009, which was a proper recession, it was horrific. No one knew it was coming. And it hit every single recruitment company in well, certainly in, in the UK. I don't know why I'm uh, smiling. I'm and it was, it, was, it, was <laughs> it was horrific. It was really awful because nobody prepared and you, you hadn't lined your coffers, you hadn't been protecting your cash and you had no furlough. So it was it was it really was catastrophic. And we really did have a tsunami of, of redundant recruiters, which had never happened before. And I would obviously still do business development. And I, those that's how my calls went. What can I do for you right now? Because I know you're not going to be hiring. That was my assumption. And I'm not going to assume yeah, yeah. you're hiring. What can I do for you? What can I do to support you? What can, what information can I give you? What insights can I give you? No, nothing confidential. And you know what? As soon as the market picks up, which it inevitably did, they I was their first point of call. And I think there's a lesson here in that what Ryan's saying is absolutely right. You know, you, we, we understand that certainly in your early career, we know that you have to go through the mechanics. That's how you become an expert it is in any sector in any job doesn't matter what your job is but actually you can still do it properly and with integrity yeah no i agree i, I completely agree i'll just answer my own question ryan basically so, <laughs> <laughs> so if you could have a magic wand obviously with motorpoint on it so it's branded what would you do to elevate the recruitment industry what what how would you how would you brand it up or what would you do as a if you were me basically. We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. 
This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Uh, I mean, we probably touched on it, right? But I think... You know, a lot of a lot of um, recruiters will say, "Well, will we work in true partnership with you, and we're like an extension of your yep. brand and all that sort of stuff?" Well, that's great. Be that because mm. that's what we're mm. looking for. And I'm not talking about RPO here. No. I mean that's that that's kind of working it slightly differently, but um, and we don't all need big RPO contracts and stuff. But mm. I, essentially, that's what it is. Mm. You want to know that you're business is being represented brilliantly by whoever it is and um and I think that's where you know I'm assuming working if you're working with people that you enjoy working with and brands that you enjoy working with then it works so much better of course it does um, because um you've got that genuine partnership yeah a good, a good recruiter and whether that is an internal recruiter or an external one with multiple relationships we're the conduit for want of a better expression of ensuring that they're getting the best talent for their business. And the only way you can do that, I mean, we keep, like you say at the very start jokingly, but actually it's true. It all starts with that, with that key relationship. So I think, and it does, it's probably one of the most overused euphemisms in recruitment, true partnership. What does that actually mean? I I want, you know, the, the whole notion that HR and recruitment in an internal context would tend to work in the same you know, you are in, you are one and the same and an HR director typically has a recruitment manager looking after things because they're doing, you know, more strategic stuff. But actually, maybe we should all start thinking like that. We should all start thinking like people directors, even running, you know, even recruiters coming up through the ranks, because actually we are in a human industry. That's what we're doing. We're placing human beings into a And, and I think, um, I think, I think that's so true. And um, the other thing that you are is you're you're actually the starting point for culture and um, Mm -hmm. the people agenda for the business. So if I go back way, way back to my pets at home days when I was, in fact, when I started, I was head of head of head of head of HR. I was Um, and um, but I was the head. I was reported to the CEO and all that. Mm -hmm. We were spending an absolute fortune hiring people into shops across the country, um, and um, we but we had horrendous attrition. Right. Mm. Um, and over the over the year, I mean, this isn't about. So we when I started, our turnover was eighty percent. Right. We got it down to eighteen. Wow. People, people said, "How do you do that?" And there's a lot that goes into doing that. Um, but the first thing we did was sorted out recruitment because if you get it wrong at the front end, then you spend all your time unpicking problems, managing performance and replacing churn. Whereas if you get it right at that front end, then you can focus on career development and making sure they have amazing careers within a fantastic business. Um, and now that's a very simplified version, but that I truly believe that recruitment is where you get it you you build your culture and you build your people um, agenda and we we ended up as um 
the Sunday Times best place to work. Um, That's amazing. And that was a long time ago now, but they are still an amazing place to work. They still, yeah. and for me, um, get it right first time, get them through the door. And and mm. I think I had a conversation. I won't this, and and actually only thought about this because of this podcast. I was having a conversation, yeah. and we were doing some relationship stuff with an agency, and they were like, you know, if you've got if you've got a cracking candidate, then we react really quickly. We get it filled really quickly. Mm. If we've got somebody who's a bit we're not so sure about. Mm. then we're a bit slow and we're a bit lack decisiveness and this was a conversation I was at and afterwards I thought well actually can you just send me cracking candidates then yeah we'll be happy absolutely that's 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 um that again is an oversimplification I'm not having to go at them because I know what they made discussion that we were having Mm. um but you just want to say I want every candidate to be cracking within within the confines of pay and location blah 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 yeah. Um, so just the about, I agree. I agree. Yeah, just we just want the we just want the unicorns, don't we? You've led yeah. very nicely to culture though. So what's happening in your you know last few roles in terms of you know a lot of things that I think recruiters again can be fantastic ambassadors for in terms of talking about you know EDI, talking about mental health, talking about inclusivity, you know, ageism, you know, we're trying to we're trying to as an industry, we're trying to breach all of this and, and change the narrative and just destigmatize everything but it make cultures you know make it the norm where it's just normal to have all these initiatives so what what are you what are you doing yourself there and what are you seeing as a sort of shift so, so i think it's really um the edni agenda and sort of things like mental health and well-being mm. they're just huge huge topics and and again from a recruitment point of view you, you know, you guys and the internal Excel will play a huge part in Definitely. shaping, um, uh, again, getting it right first time at the intake, because, you know, we can't develop careers and no. uh, promote people of whatever minority group we want to check um, without them coming through the door in the first place. So I think there's a huge responsibility. Mm. I do think it's really tough. And the thing I think is difficult, I was at... Um, Monday so a couple of days ago I was at the Inspirational Automotive Women Awards um, and we had a couple of um, a couple of winners which is great great. and the automotive industry probably not surprising is highly male Male. dominated and again the pipelines it's a bit like software engineering Mm. the pipelines don't exist in education and all that sort of stuff no Um, but nobody is just um uh, I have to use the word carefully. These days, nobody's mm-hmm. just binary in terms of who they are, right? So nobody mm-hmm. is just male or just female or just white or of an ethnic minority. And I think we've got to start to focus um, so much more on that intersectionality mm-hmm. because, because you know, yes, you may be female, but you may also be of ethnic minority, or you may have neurodiversity, and Absolutely. you're pretty much you're pretty much guaranteed to be a combination of all these things. Of course you are. And I yeah. think I think we've spent a lot of time in the HR world mm. trying to um, almost compartmentalise it. And I, I've definitely done this in the past where you kind of mm. go, right, our focus is going to be gender. Yeah. Your focus can't be gender. No. Without touching on all the other things that, totally agree. Uh, that make up people. Mm. Um so I think, 
you know, whatever we can do, uh, I mean, we're just introducing a new applicant tracking system. Um, it has um, the ability to anonymize CVs and do all that. And I think there are some practical things that we can do. Mm. Um, but I guess the biggest thing is reaching out to the widest possible audience and making sure that barriers, whatever those barriers are, as low as possible to to enable people to enter the um, enter the game and um, be fairly fairly considered. Yeah, it's really uh, good. And just quickly on on the kind of well being and wellness thing, the other thing is it is moving so quick, right? Mm. So you know, um, well being like roll back twelve months was kind of about keeping fit and mm. mind, you know. Here's a free app, loads yeah. of people got free apps, and mm -hmm. um, that's all well and good. And don't, we do that. Um, and I'm not claiming here that we've got this cracked by any stretch of the imagination. We haven't, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but roll forward. I mean, we we've done two engagement surveys this year, one in February and one in September, right? When you ever you do an engagement survey, the pay and benefits thing is always the lowest. Score. Wow. It always is. I've yeah, never done an engagement no. survey where it isn't because wow. you're saying people, you're saying to people, what would you like? Well, I'll have more money, please. Right. Mm. But between January and September, in January, we had nobody mentioning cost of living crisis. Mm. In September, our feedback is full of it. Of course and, it is. And the world has moved and is moving so rapidly. You've got to be on it. Yeah, and I think for me, things like the, the mine, the, the app and those mm. sort of things, that I wouldn't take them away, but actually what's at the heart of it is creating a place where people can talk. Absolutely. Feel comfortable saying what's going on in their lives from their window. And well-being is more about that um, manager relationship yeah. than anything else. If you've got a decent relationship with your manager, then that's the core for a driving agenda, and, uh, the well-being agenda. And I agree. Um, Making um, people feel safe, else. making people feel safe that they can talk. And that that starts, it cascades down, to be honest with you. So the senior leadership team, you know, and it's sharing that vulnerability and keep creating safe spaces. So I think that's a beautiful place to finish this podcast because you always make me feel safe when I talk to you. And I said it'd be fun and it was. So it was. We, I'm glad, well, I'm glad we carried I'm glad we carried on beyond the first point. Otherwise it would have been, you know, what what, what people are going to listen to, they might stick something else on. Although we're both massive podcast junkies, aren't we? So... We'll, uh, we'll talk about those another time. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan, on the Recruiters. Thanks for having me. I have enjoyed it. Yeah, I've had fun, even if nobody else Good. has. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure lots of people will. And thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you.